Welcome back, everybody. We love you so much. We love our listeners, Felix and Al, from the bottom of our hearts. We, Felix and Al, love you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. We have a really exciting announcement, a big announcement. Felix and Al, beyond words, we have joined the Locals.com platform. And if you go on your computer or your phone and you type in your browser, beyondwords.locals.com, you will find our Locals community. What is Locals.com? Locals.com is a creator support platform. It's a membership platform, very similar to something called Patreon.com that some of you might know about. So it's a place for you to join us on this journey and to support this journey and participate in this journey by subscribing and becoming a member of the Beyond Words podcast community. For the cost of a burnt Starbucks latte per month, or more should you choose, or a one-time donation, you get access to our exclusive members community. And what that means, well, firstly, what that means is that we are incredibly grateful for your support. Felix and I would love for this podcast to be like, the main thing that we do in our lives or perhaps the co-main thing that we do in our lives along with the practices that we love the offerings that we love with plant medicine and more but by subscribing to this podcast for the cost of that cup of coffee per month you can support us and we'll be eternally grateful to you for those of us who do subscribe and become members of our community, we will be offering exclusive content. So if you want to go a bit deeper with this community and this podcast, if you want to join a growing community of like-minded people, if you want to engage in the ideas and topics that we discuss on this podcast directly with Felix and I, you can join our Beyond Words community. By joining, you'll have access to our full members-only area. We'll be releasing ex exclusive content like secret members-only podcast episodes where we might explore certain topics with more depth. We'll be releasing videos that we create together and or on our own. And you'll be a part of the conversation so you can ask questions or submit ideas or things you would like us to discuss in more depth on the show so you can literally shape the direction of this podcast so we'd love to have you there that's beyondwords.locals.com join us join our subscriber community and a big shout out to our first subscriber zach zach thank you for subscribing zach you're amazing we love you so much and you subscribed before we even finished setting up our members' profile page. So 
really, really awesome. Thank you for getting the ball rolling with that. And, and really, thank you so much, Zach. So we really appreciate it. And just to be clear, everyone, this podcast will always continue to be free on all the platforms. So you don't have to be a member of our Locals community to enjoy the podcast. But if you are listening on any of the free platforms, we just ask you to please take a moment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please pause the podcast right now and leave a five-star review. Subscribe to the podcast and hit the notification bell. We would deeply, deeply appreciate it. If you're listening on Spotify, please pause the podcast and take five seconds to subscribe for the podcast and hit the notification button for the podcast. If you're listening on any other platform, please pause right now and do whatever you can to leave a five-star review, subscribe, notification, whatever. Thank you very much. All of this, as I said before, uh, really helps to get the podcast more exposed, more exposure for those listeners who might be, maybe they're in the Apple podcast app right now and and they're just searching for that right podcast and they're using keywords like plant medicine or, or awakening or music, whatever it is. But when they type in that search bar, their search results are very much determined by the amount of people that have reviewed and subscribed to the podcast. So that's why. So thank you. So that's the announcements. Beyondwords.locals.com. Join us there. Exclusive content. Support our journey. We love you. And now I'm just going to leave you to it. This is episode 15. Another amazing beautiful conversational journey. It's like these conversations are medicine for Felix and I as we have them. So much insight just comes for us, for our own process on this navigation through life. So we hope that you can also enjoy this conversation and benefit from it as much as we have. So that's that. Enjoy episode 15. This is Beyond Words with Felix and Al. There was this movie in the 80s called, uh, what was it called? But it was with these robots and robot number five and robot number five almost died. And the guy was like, number five is alive. Anyway, and what was it called? Anybody listeners, you remember that movie? It was like a bunch of robots. They were like nice robots. The bicentennial man. No, 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 no. It was like a kind of a robot comedy. Robomedy. <laughs> yeah. I'll remember it eventually. Well, once you don't think about it, maybe at the end of the episode, you'd be like, that's the name. It's yeah. Number five. <laughs> number five is alive. Number 15 in this year of 2020. Wow. 2020 couldn't get crazier as we speak. Uh, right beyond uh, in our view is a big forest fire. Uh, uh, actually, a massive forest fire. We, Safa and I just went on a motorcycle ride, and on our way back, 
we could see this huge pillar of smoke just right around the corner of this main mountain here behind me. And I'll post pictures in the Instagram group and the Facebook uh, group so you can see what it looks like. But it looked like our house was on fire. It was on the path of destruction. It was very close. I mean, it's probably about 200 meters, maybe 250 meters because it started coming down the mountain here. So some of her like, we, we grabbed everything. We're like, okay, we need to pack several bags. We need to get some food. We got to get dog food. What's the most important thing that we have that we need to bring with us? Which was a really interesting thing. Yeah. She just she just wrote a little post on it, but uh, that's an interesting thought to have, right? Yeah. Like, what's important? Last time I was on a plane. Sometimes when I'm on a plane, I envision the plane crashing, and then I think about surviving. <laughs> and the last time I was like imagining that I would still get my bag out of the overhead bin <laughs> <laughs> because it has my computer and like True. all these podcasts and stuff, you know, important True. stuff. That's important stuff. But I think that's like the worst thing to do because you just delay everybody evacuating <laughs> people every, are trying to get by you but every, maybe everybody else is getting their bag too probably depends on the situation but uh yeah i recently watched that movie alive about the oh wow chilean chile no i think Ur uruguayan rugby team and they were flying across the andes and they crashed this happened in the 70s and they they survived so, starring ethan hawk i forgot that ethan hawk was in it. it was before he was anybody uh but man they had to a bunch of people died and they had to resort to cannibalism and ooh, it was intense. But uh, after a long, hard time in the mountains, they, they made it out. The survivors, like 20 people or something. Man, it goes back to the theme that we talked about, I think, two podcasts ago about death. Like this confrontation of death. It's like with this fire encroaching on our home and all these homes here down in the valley, I'm like... I mean, wow, a lot of this stuff in my house isn't important. Like, I have a lot of junk. But there are things that I do value highly. And to see what I actually valued and grabbed was really interesting. What was it? My first thing, I started grabbing all of the the Rawanintis, which are like the perfumes that I've yeah. created over the years that are just combinations of plants that aren't from here, that are secret, that are really important to me. That was like the first thing I grabbed. The second thing I grabbed was my camera, uh, my little GoPro camera. It doesn't have anything on it, but it's just, I don't know. I think the main thing that happens after there's a destruction is the desire to rebuild with, with memories. Like after uh, a terrible incident happens in our life, we reflect on the good times. And we're like, oh yeah, I remember when we went to Disney World and we rode on the Dumbo ride and I think those are really valuable. I remember my mom uh in her in her prepping stages, she always put our photo albums right next to the door cuz they were so important to her and it's like there's a lot of photos in those albums I wish I had now, but yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I think memories are very important. Yeah, totally. Wow. I mean, I guess that's a blessing of the cloud now. Like we can keep our photos somewhat safe, but yeah, seriously, yeah, that's really interesting, like, what to put in that bag, and and it's true. Like, in that song that we shared, that you shared, the Keep Going On song, anybody, I highly recommend this song. It's on our Facebook group, Beyond Words with Felix and Al on Facebook. That's a little plug there. And uh, I forgot where I was going with it, but, um, yeah, in the song, she just sings about, I hope you have good memories, like, you know, sometimes in the hard times, I also lean on my memories of the good times. Like, 
we have that. That's a gift. And sometimes we can go back into those memories and relive them and experience the joy. And that it also gives hope for more memories in the future to create. So yeah, this, uh, 2020 just <laughs> keeps, keeps going on. This is the closest I've seen a fire here. It really, now it's like up over the mountain. Uh, but you can see that you can see the flames. It's no longer close to us, but it's still burning. It's still going. I mean, it was amazing to watch. <clears throat> we were up in our second floor, second floor, second story window here, watching the whole community gather together with buckets to just stop the fire from coming down into the valley. And just to see like how quick they organized and how many people were there, even if they didn't have houses there, there were people from all over what on coming mm -hmm. to actually like with help buckets, stop. Yeah, yeah, with buckets just to put out this fire. And it made me think too of like how, how often do our neighbors come by and actually help us? This, this is the thing we, we talked about this in, I think the second or third episode of what we really enjoy about Peru is when something happens in the community, the whole community comes together. It's this unspoken rule, and everyone shows up, whether they're there just to see what happened or they're there to figure it out. They come together, and I feel that's lacking a lot. I said that. I, yeah. I feel it's lacking a lot in other Western worlds. Yeah, know? I mean, I think it's also in more, in more like the Western, more developed world, There, we, we've kind of gotten comfortable and most people don't face their houses about to burn down, although it's been happening in California. But, you know, I imagine in those communities in California, like I imagine people must have come together when it's really such an immediate threat. And that, that happens more in places like this, you know, and, and people for thousands of years have really had to depend on each other. Uh, you can't just go at it on your own when you're facing the elements and, and there isn't much infrastructure and government to really do anything for you. So you really got to, band together and in a lot of ways it's more effective anyway than depending on some distant power to to take care of us it's like here exemplifies you don't really need an efficient government because the one in peru is really not <laughs> uh but the people they support each other and that's that feels to me more genuine and human the the funny part of all this for me was it was pretty funny <laughs> I ran outside and this motorcycle passed me and said, oh, the bomberos or the firefighters are over there at the first, the bridge close to your house. So I jumped on my motorcycle and I rode over to them and the bombero gets out of his vehicle and he's like, where do I go? And I said, well, it's follow the smoke. There's a huge group of people over here on the, the bottom of the mountain. They're trying to fight with buckets. And he says, oh, I'm not the right truck. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But you, all you have to do is go, it's literally like, you know, a two, two minutes drive. Two minute drive from where you are right now, and you can help a lot of people. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not the right truck, and uh, <clears throat> and I can't pass this bridge, which he could. <laughs> and then he's like, well, how do I get across the bridge, or how do I get over there? I was like, okay, well, go down, come around. So I followed him, and he just left what on. I don't know where he went. <laughs> he just left. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. But by the time I came back and went back to the, the fire where, where it was the worst and where it was heading towards the people... This little kid flagged me down. He's like, hey, hey, let me get on your bike. He had a big bucket and jumped on my bike and went over there. And he just he was just going to do whatever he could. It didn't matter. They weren't going to wait for somebody to save them. Yeah. And, man, I re it made me really reflect on how I even reacted to the situation. I was like, my stuff, I got to get going. I got to get my family and everything situated to get out if I need to. It wasn't like, 
I should go help put them things put these fire out. I shouldn't go help. And I even was standing in the upper window with Safa, like, uh, should I go help them? And where where's that program? Why why can't I just be like, Yeah, I'm gonna get out there, I'm gonna help there's a fire. Why what what other reason do I need yeah. other than get out there and do something? It's true. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had the same thoughts actually. Because I, I just like I was just watching, and then I went home to make lunch because I didn't feel like it seemed to me at that point it wasn't such an immediate threat. But um, yeah, it's you know, and I think here the mentality here is a lot more like let's go, and probably a lot of it's bystanders just going to watch, you know. But I definitely saw a crew of maybe twenty, thirty locals on the side of the mountain doing something, maybe just trying to get some water there, so it didn't get to the houses. But you know the fire as long as it doesn't burn any houses, it's really a good, good thing for the land. You know, it's a renewal. It's natural. I mean, I don't, this probably didn't start naturally. Definitely wasn't lightning. It's a bright blue, hot, sunny day. So it might've started someone burning trash or something, but, but ultimately it renews the soil and, and, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of symbolic of 2020 really. It's like, uh, everything's burning, uh, Everything we took for granted, all of our comforts, uh, burning, uh, old structures that were corrupt and inefficient coming to the light, being burned in the flames of, of, of recognition and people seeing what's actually going on. And it, I think it's a good symbol, you know, 2020 has been kind of like that. And we were just discussing how if 2020 hadn't, if, 20 well 2020 was bound to happen but if if you know all the shit didn't hit the fan if the pandemic hadn't happened we would have never started this podcast so in a lot of ways it for me at least it, it burned through a lot of uh habits and routines and comforts in my life it kind of took them away and forced me to reevaluate what's important and kind of lit a fire under me no pun intended uh to great try some new things create something and that's how we started this podcast so this is like one of the gifts of the struggle of 2020 yeah it, it is very symbolic and, and it's not an isolated event i mean the whole valley where we are right now has been on fire throughout this entire pandemic <clears throat> in different parts i can actually look from where i'm sitting right now and see a mountain near Akalka, which is a neighboring town and it's solid black. It's been burnt as well. And I remember watching those fires and being like, oh, thank God it's not, you know, this close. And then there was a fire recently over at Pitusirai, which is this big mountain that's very close to us as well. And I was like, oh, that's really close, but I'm glad it's not right here. And then and then it came right here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is a symbol for this whole process of 2020, whatever this crazy year astrologically. It just this whole year for me has been questioning everything, mm -hmm. everything. I mean, every part, every aspect of my life, every piece of who I think I am or what I should do with myself. Um, I mean, I spent even just this last week, just in, in the gutter, in my mind, you know, and I let myself stay there. I was, I was enabling myself to be there not too long, hopefully, but it was just to see, how much I had given up on just creating something new. Okay, I'm at this place of zero. I'm at this place of void. 
And on the Instagram group, if you're a part of the Instagram group, listeners, uh, I'm currently doing a, a numerolo- uh, an exploration or adventure through numerology. Amazing. And I started with 000, and 000 is the void. It's usually, it, it always comes after 999, which is an ending, but um, 000 is the void. And as soon as I, I was scrolling through my photos to post some content on on the, the Instagram page, and I came across zero zero zero, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this this symbol, this idea of entering a place of everything is burnt around me. The whole world has been destroyed around me. I'm in the void. I'm in a place of nothing. And actually, instead of hating that place, really being excited about that place. <laughs> and it took me a long. I mean, I wasn't in this." slum for a short period of time I've been in the slum for a while but to remember that small thing I had learned about the void and what what it really means and what it brings just it helped me exponentially and I stopped hating the void so much I'm not perfect I still have my struggles in the void but I stopped hating it so much as a place of I'm stuck and it's over instead of thinking oh my god I am at the place of limitless potential. And that's what all the whole thing of zero is. This is why the universe started with zero. It started with the emptiness of emptiness. <laughs> this absolute space is actually what drew creation in. And even as I watch everything I thought that was solid in my life, except my relationship, which is good. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the things that were solid in my life, as I watched them crumble and fall apart, my work, um, shoot, I mean, everything, just crumble. The ideas of what I thought our projected future would look like, what I thought I would be at this point, it just it just fell away. And as I watched that, I had to go through this process of mourning, and I didn't even recognize I was actually mourning the death of myself or the death of what I thought I was or the death of what I thought I was creating. And I... Man, I didn't like it. I I don't I didn't have a fun time watching it be destroyed. But now I I I'm turning a corner internally and I'm hitting this place of man, I'm sitting and staring at a blank canvas and I've been staring at this goddamn blank canvas for 8 months now and I've done nothing with it. Not nothing. Well, I mean the podcast. Yeah, not nothing. Sorry. I I've done for myself internally, I have done very little and I've really just absorbed myself in the destruction without absorbing myself in the renewal process of this whole thing. And now it's like, oh yeah. Oh yes. Here we go. All right. I've got this blank canvas. I have a mind. <laughs> I have a heart. I have a desire. I know what I want to bring into this this world. I know what I want to do. I have a direction. I have a vector. <laughs> and I'm not going to give up on it. I don't care what it I just I'm just going to go in this direction. It's the only door that's open right now and I'm going to go. And there's a lot of different doors that are opening as I actually approach that. It's interesting cuz to get on a personal note, it's like, "Oh, okay, like my financial situation is not what I really would like it to be." Fair enough. I think a lot of people are going through that right now as work is come to a halt and I was in the slump of um, man I'm screwed 
I'm I'm screwed. It's over. And as soon as I clicked out of it and was like, no, I got this. This unexpected money come in, you know, of like this old bank account I had. I don't know if I'm going to get it. We'll see. And I was like, oh, yeah. My mindset creates my world. We talk about this on the podcast. We reflect on this constantly. And I ignore it, even when it's coming out of my own mouth. And this is this has been my big challenge. It's like, okay, it's coming out of my mouth. I need to put it to practice again. I need to start again with this. I need to start again. I need to go back to zero and start again. So massive kudos to you, Alan, for helping me and inspiring me to do this podcast, to build this, to create again. And it doesn't have to go anywhere. These conversations can only be between us forever, and that's okay. And I'm glad there's listeners. I'm very grateful to all of you who are listening. But just these reflections that we have that are beyond words at moments, these places that we go to together have brought incredible value into my life. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for them. I'm grateful for you. Wow, man. Uh, kudos to you too. I mean, I can reflect pretty much everything you've just said and going through a very similar experience. And again, this is what I see as the gift of this year. It's like, I think zero, zero, zero is always available to us. But when we get into routines and comforts and, take things for granted and we start to believe the illusion illusory story that that anything is certain because like zero 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 is the place of uncertainty and when we embrace it it's the ripest ground for creation and creating new and i yeah i feel the same way and uh, same kind of roller coaster and i've definitely had moments where i feel some despair and similar themes income and big changes ahead in my life and not knowing how it's going to go and fearing and fearing the change. And, but you know, there's something, there's an interesting program that, that runs through me and it's like this fear that everything's going to go to shit and we won't be able to handle it. But that's never happened. That's never happened in my life because I'm still here. And even looking at humanity, we've been through some really hard times but there's an amazing resiliency of the human spirit. And like we, we overcome this is this. Thank God is nothing compared to some of the challenges humanity has been through. And I love this zero, zero, zero. And I really sit with it and the fears aren't playing themselves out and the programming of everything. Things aren't going to work out all those silly stories, but you know, they, they still grip me. But imagine, you know, I think on a larger scale, the blessing of this year, I really see this is it's going to take time. Um, but I think as a human species, as humanity, I think we'll also acknowledge the blessing of zero, zero, zero. And so much new is going to come out of this. Like right now, there's this process in the world that I'm observing. And we've talked about this and I mentioned it just, you know, of a lot of darkness coming to the light corrupt corrupt uh, leadership um, corrupt people and we're just seeing it and it's a painful experience to see it and to acknowledge it but um, it, it's it's coming out and this is kind of a reset it's not kind of a reset it really is a reset and it's the best of all resets because it's, it's a soft reset it's not an asteroid hitting the earth killing off 90% of humanity and destroying everything we know as we know it abruptly this is like a 
a very digestible reset because and for some people it's harder than others uh, in terms of the the material and economic struggle that comes with it but those people are also in whatever way we're we're resilient species and we're getting through and so it's like a yeah it's a soft gentle reset it's 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 a control alt delete on the old pc instead of just turning it off and turning it back on so it's it won't corrupt the hard drive hopefully so what a blessing and you know this theme of you know there's this saying like i think it's in a rap song i think it's in a gangstar song or they he says like you know after every dark night there's a bright day you know very simple saying but it's you know these metaphors that exist in the cycles of life just the sun sets and the sun rises we have dark nights but the sun always rises until it doesn't but we can be pretty damn sure it's going to rise the next day until it doesn't but it's the same with the struggles it's you know more and more now when i find myself in a dark place more and more there is this really conscious part of me that recognizes this this will pass like sometimes within a few hours sometimes within a day sometimes it passes more quickly because I take action. I go for a run or jujitsu or something to get me in my body and to burn off excess mental energy and worry. And sometimes it just needs time. And eventually there's just a realization like, all right, well, it's, I'm okay. Ultimately, I'm okay. We're okay. We're still here. And the greatest realization is even if shit were to really go south and an asteroid hits and we all die, I personally have a deep knowing that that's just the end of this spacesuit I'm wearing. This body will die. But there's something really powerful that comes for me in recognizing that not even physical death will stop the spirit. So that puts everything into perspective. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, the critic in myself is like, yeah, it's easy for you to say you're sitting here with your friend. You, Things are a little bit harder now, but you're still eating, you're well-fed and everything. So, yes, it is easy for me to say right now. And I'm saying this also for myself when it does get hard again to remember this, to remember these moments, because these moments, they, 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 they come back. The sun rises, the clouds part. So any listeners, if you're also feeling that funk, you know, uh, just know that you're not alone. And, you know, one thing for me is sometimes the greatest exit from the funk is to go outside and exercise so if you're not someone who exercises then just go for a long walk and run a little bit when you're doing it just move move that energy a lot of times my suffering comes from basically a a stuck loop of mental despair that just going in circles on and on and on and the best way to express that for me is through physical activity one of the best ways to burn it off really just to purge it so yeah, the sun rises, man. It's a big, bright, beautiful day here. It is with a large fire. With a big fire burning. Wow. And I, then, I and then that, that fire is going to, it's clearing this soil. And you know that next rainy season, the it's going to be so lush on that land. Flowers, and it's just going to be green and lush. And it's just like fertile land now. This is like fertilizing the soil. So, bless. Jobless, but no man curse. No man curse. <clears throat> I mean, there are a lot of key points in with what, within what you said. 
uh, first thing that really sparked in my mind was a, a talk by Terrence McKenna. I really enjoy Terrence McKenna. He's a very interesting feller. But he had this interesting take on the end of the world. He said, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, so I'll, po- I'll post it online so you can actually listen to his words, but he said, um, do you think we're going to drop the ball? We are the product of thousands of generations of ancestors that that have made it to where we are now. They have made it through ice ages and floods, massive destruction, war, pesticide, all pesticide, um, genocide. genocide. Uh, sorry, genocide of the pest. Genocide of the pest. Um, plagues, and we're still here. Humanity is still here. There are cave paintings that prove that we were there a long, long time ago. And we're still here now. What makes us think that we can't make it through this? Shoot, I can't even imagine what the mindset was of the people who went through World War II. A global war. And the despair that they felt. And this is the end. And they're literally, you know, these Nazis and these evil people are trying to kill us all. These mentalities that were there, that were superseded, that we evolved over and became even stronger. We came together as as a human race and destroyed this force that was trying to rule the world. From my take. Um, and man, I, I just... It's, it's like we spoke about in episode 14. Man, when you're in the darkness, shoot, it's so hard to even see the light. You may not even think it's there at all. There may be no inkling of a possibility of there's a door somewhere in this black room, this dark room where I cannot see. But there always is. And for me to listen to my words <laughs> on the previous podcast and be like, oh, yeah, duh. I I know this inherently, but putting it to practice is such a hard thing. And to be really real with that, and I have a tattoo on my left arm, and I forget to look at it sometimes, but it's a tattoo, and I'm showing Al right now. It's a tattoo of Kefra, or Kefri, from Egypt. And it's the scarab beetle that rolls the dung, dung ball across the, the deserts, and it symbolizes the darkest hour of the night right before the sun rises. And it's also like one of the symbols of the phoenix. It's this this death and rebirth. So within the ball, this this dung beetle is pushing across the the Egyptian desert, the Sahara, where I don't know every desert is its eggs for its new babies. So in this death, in this terribly ugly looking ball of turd, is carrying the the birth of something new, and. I forget that all the time. I drop the ball all the time. I'm not perfect. and But at the same time, I just, I'm grateful that there are reminders. I'm grateful that there are good friends and people who encourage me when I'm in those dark places. And that help me to push that sun even further up the hill. The other thing is I think of, I'm so grateful for the filter of astrology or the, the, Uh, lens of astrology and I'm not even going to talk about the planets and what they do and their influences and how they work but 
there's all these different planets in our solar system that have different rotations, different cycles, and they take different amount of time to go around their loop, around their track. And I feel that's just an internal reflection of these these processes I go through. Some of them are short. Some of them are long. This process of zero, zero, zero for me has been almost a year long now. And I always forget that. I forget that in the middle of how long this this thought or this idea takes to get around the track. But I'm grateful for it because when it finally makes it close to the end of that track, I always remember, and there comes with that, that remembering a certain peace. And if anything, in these darkest moments, I'm so grateful for those moments where people say, you're okay. <laughs> you're okay. This is just, this is just a, a wave. This is just a storm blowing through. Yeah. Amen. All the like great teachers that have come in the past, they came as a result of struggle, you know? Like the story of Buddha who had everything, lived in a palace, Siddhartha. But there was this calling, like there's there's gotta be more to life than this palace. And then he saw suffering. He saw like a homeless guy for the first time because his dad was trying to shelter him from all the suffering. And as soon as he saw that, he just wanted to understand. And he left the palace and went on a journey and lo- let go of all possessions. He had, I mean, he had the most, he was born with a silver spoon, as they say. He had it all. Uh, and even that couldn't quench the thirst of knowledge and of understanding even that couldn't put out the fire of suffering within and he went on this journey and he just lost his mind to face all the darkness and it was from going to the ultimate place of emptiness and darkness and facing his mind and all the struggles and i mean it's a long it's a great story siddhartha uh, the story of the buddha but he faced himself and it's only through there, through the struggle, that the wisdom comes. So again, it's back to this theme that is so important is the blessing of the struggle, you know, the, the, the light of the struggle, the lessons from the struggle. And it's my biggest struggles in my life that have been the, the gifts. My mother dying when I was four was a tragic, terrible thing, and it really impacted me deeply. And I didn't realize the extent that it impacted me until I started to look within and realized it was, it it started a cycle of depression and despair and dissociation and fear and anxiety. And, but it turned out to be the greatest gift. And in a way, it seems like it was a setup. It was meant to be so that in this incarnation, in this life, I could that's what was needed for me to evolve, to grow through this life. And I'm still working through it in a lot of ways. Uh, but I truly, sincerely see it as a blessing. And, you know, all the, not long ago, I read the, or actually listened to the, uh, like biography, autobiography from David Goggins. David Goggins is badass. Like he, now he's a triathlete. He runs ultra marathons. 
but that guy had a hard childhood. I mean, so much trauma, awful trauma, stuff I can't even talk about, but it was just terrible. And he went to the darkest place within himself. And, and that was the fertilizer that started him on a path of basically he's someone who his path was to basically show the power of mind over matter and exceed all perceived limits of the body and what it can do and what he can do. And I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, this guy talk about being handed, being dealt some cards that are really, really, if you hear that someone goes through what he went through, you think they're, they're screwed for life. That's it. You know, but he, that was the fuel and he's someone who recognized it as the fuel and he used it to motivate him and to, to push him, uh, to new, to heal himself essentially. And he did it through physical, uh, through military and through physical feats, but he would have never been this person that he is today, which he's an inspiration to millions of people. He wouldn't be that had he not been through those struggles and if you just want to weigh the value, those struggles involved a lot of suffering, but the gifts that it's brought to millions of people, I, I imagine I would love to talk to David Goggins. Was it worth it? I, cause it was worth it for me that he went through that. I was so inspired by his book, his, his, his biography and his story. I mean, my God, it was incredible. So thank you to all the struggles and, and, your struggle, whoever you are, listener, is a gift for all of us because by overcoming it and by learning from it and by perceiving the gift in it and then sharing about it, it becomes a gift for humanity. And so it's like we're all suffering for each other's evolution and growth. She says that in the, the song, Keep Going. Oh, yeah? The Keep Going On song. Yeah, she says, I hope our suffering may become the rivers that connect us all. Voila. Exactly. Well, it's true. I mean, how, why would I be here if I didn't have trauma in my past? Why would I ever desire to, to change if I, if I just stayed in this state of hating myself? Oh, yeah. If I stayed in the state of hating myself, absolutely. I would, I wouldn't be here, but there was something in me that wanted to change out of that. There's something that I think the human spirit is an incredibly powerful, wise technology that is a part of us, that is us, that is constantly pushing us, whether towards ugly events that seem terrible and horrific, but it's always pushing us towards evolution. And evolution takes momentum. If I want to go up any of these mountains, I have to go down, and then I have to go up, and then I have to go down, and then I have to go up, and then I have to go down. And it takes an immense struggle. It takes time. It takes persistence. And what I've learned, one of the biggest lessons I've learned through this medicine and through this path is persistence, is not giving up. I'm, in f I'm facing all odds right now. I'm facing all odds. Everything is, all the cards are stacked against me. I'm screwed. Literally, if you put it on paper. But I'm not going to give up. And even if I keep running into a wall, running into a wall in this dark room, eventually I'm going to find a door or a window or something that I can utilize to change that room. And I, 
I think these great people in our lives, these people who have inspired us, they have gone through immense struggle that we have really no idea about. Um, Terrence McKenna, at the end of his life, he had a, a brain tumor. And it was slowly killing him. He was losing function in his mind and his body. This man who was very intelligent, very well-spoken. Ram Das. I don't know if Ram Das had cancer or how he was dying. I, for, so, yeah, I forget, but something that basically paralyzed his body. I mean, he had strokes. and He had a lot of strokes. Yeah. And, and to watch this man, Ram Das, who had spent a lot of time doing practices and self-work sit there and face death with everyone watching him with the biggest smile he was like he totally embraced it he seemed he was so blissed out in his last years and you know he's struggling he's going through physical pain uh, but he's someone who realized that he's not his body and he was just he looked like he was already in heaven you know he's just yeah well and this this keep going song <laughs> keep going on song keeps coming up because it was it was a perfect reminder for me what i heard at the very beginning of this pandemic for myself when i smoked dmt uh was bring the light it's time to dust off the old jokes it's time to bring out the smiles it's time to show people they can't they don't need to be afraid facing these incredible odds we don't need to be afraid and I don't want to get preachy in it, but just for me on a personal level, I watch myself go into these horribly dark mindsets that were not, they just, they were dead ends of my mind. And I have these practices and I have these, these teachings that incredible people have shared with me through their struggles. But I had to find my own way within that. I had to take my own time to get around that track to actually come back around and see myself for what I was doing and and I pray each time this happens to me that I am more clear and I catch myself before I fall too far down that hole but I'm always going to fall down that hole and I can never I can't set a bar if I'm not going to fall I can't that's the, that's the silliest thing and then I get mad at myself like well come on man like you could you could you, you suck at this if you can't if you just keep falling into these holes and but I, I just, I won't, I have to accept the fact that I'm not going to be perfect at avoiding these pits. Hmm. What, you know what I learned when I was in Africa, when this all happened and I keep talking about it when I was in Africa, well, what I learned is like in the depths of the worst despair, it got to a point for me. It was so horrific, the despair in my mind that it got to a point where I couldn't feed those thoughts anymore it was just i i the only choice was to have hope and to look towards the future and to pray even though it seemed impossible that i was going to get at that time now it seems kind of silly because so much time has passed and it wasn't the end of the world but in that moment it really felt like it it felt like the and it was amplified by the most powerful psychedelic I've ever experienced <laughs> so note to self and listeners if if you're feeling a lot of fear and you're just in a dark place know that taking psychedelics is might not just snap you out of it it might actually <laughs> amplify it 
tenfold. Tenfold. That's what it did. But ultimately, it was it was an initiation that was an incredible initiation and a blessing because I learned, like in the depths of the spirit, the human spirit is so strong that it, like, it forced me to, I realize the nature of these dark, despairing, fearful thoughts, and when they're amplified to a hundred, I can't. I I just I can't do it. I had to change what I was thinking. I had to start visualizing a positive outcome and praying for it. It was the only way because if when I laid in bed at night, at night was the hardest. I would lay in bed and evoke, I was, you know, eating Iboga every day and it was just, it was, it was awful. It was like alone with these terrible thoughts. And all I could do, even then, I just started this practice in bed is just like, just lay down and just be with my breath and just really, really meditate on the breath. So this was like, you know, I've tried to practice meditation throughout my life, but this was like, I had to do, it was the only thing I could do was just watch my breath and bring all of my attention and focus there. And it was just like one breath at a time. Oh, I'm still breathing right now. Okay. I'm still breathing right now. Okay. I'm still breathing right now. Okay. Oh, fear thought, the fear thought comes in. What if they cut the internet? The and you can never communicate with anyone ever again. These are the kind of thoughts. Or fear thought. Why is there a tank and a bunch of soldiers with M16s parked outside of this compound? Because it was the president's house next door. Are they going to come and storm us? Okay, come back to the breath. Breathe, breathe. Just come back to the breath. Thought. Oh, what happens when they run out of food here? They import all their food. People go hungry. They're going to just come back to your breath. It's just this cycle, man. And it turned out okay. That wasn't the end of the world. That wasn't the end of Gabon. People there are still okay. And I'm okay. And it started with just, you know, just one breath at a time. It's like, because really my breath, when I really brought my attention to it, was totally unaffected by all this chaos that was happening in my mind and what seemed to be happening in the world. The breath is the zero, 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 zero. That's the that's the place of infinite possibility. It's also the place of infinite peace. It's, it's that's it. It's just the breath. I don't know where I'm going with this, man. But uh, well, even as an outsider who watched you during that that whole situation when you went away to this initiation. I remember watching you leave. Well, I didn't watch you leave all the way, but you came over and said goodbye before you went to uh, Gabon. And this was right at as this whole COVID-19 thing was starting and as the world was starting to get a little weird. Back when it was still called the coronavirus. The corona. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember texting you while you were out there. And it, I mean, even from an outside, I had faith, but... Even as an outsider, it seemed like, man, you're going to be stuck there for a while. And there, we had some friends that were actually stuck there even longer than you were. And someone is actually still there even now. And for you to be, I, I, I don't, as your friend and as this outsider who watched you go through that, I never thought those seeing those fears and those odds as a as a silly thing, man, that was a very real situation. You were in a very real situation. That was quite terrifying. And you threw in one of the world's most powerful psychedelic plants in there as well. Like that is true bravery. 
But within that situation, did you feel like you were in that locked room? You felt like you were completely trapped. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trapped in despair. And you know what the worst of all the thoughts and narratives that came up, the worst one, it was actually the night of the initiation where we ate a huge dose. And the thought came of like, I shouldn't have come here. I shouldn't have done this. Why didn't I stay home? Like there were enough signs before I left home. Things were starting to lock down slowly. Why didn't I just stay home? Oh, geez, I should have stayed home. So this regret and despair and like self judgment that I made the wrong choice. That was the worst thought of them all of them all because that was basically the thought that, that, that this struggle was not necessary, that this suffering had no purpose. And so by going through that and spending a, ugh, a good night of that thought looping in my mind and all the fears and just the regret and self-hatred that came with it, I saw for myself that, that there's no point. Like regret about the past and regret about decisions that were made or even regret that COVID happened and that why did this happen? Why did it have to happen to me in my life? Like that's the worst thought of them, of them all for me, and it doesn't lead anywhere. It didn't make, it didn't resolve anything for me. It didn't make me feel any better. And so it was in those experiences. It it took a while, but essentially to realize that I was choosing those thoughts as well, and I was feeding them, and I was feeding you know the allegory of the two wolves, you know which one you feed. I forget how it goes, but basically I was feeding the wolf of fear and despair and regret. And it was just that that's hell to me. That hell is a place in the mind that we can go and we can feed that place. And, but it's a choice. Hell is, is a choice. I really truly sincerely believe that. And I believe that because I've, after living in Africa for several years, I, I encountered people that, you know, by, from my outside perspective, they were living a really bleak life with no hope to get out of extreme poverty where where children are their children they've lost children to malaria where the where the food that they eat is just so there's not good food available it's not healthy where the government is so corrupt the police are corrupt if there's if there's charity it never makes it into the hands of those it's intended to make it into because Every person who touches it along the way takes it. And so this, this what seems like a despaired lifestyle, and yet these people, many of them that I encountered, had the brightest smiles on their faces. Uh, they didn't sit around and ponder the despair and, and the fact that, you know, at least they maybe had those moments, but they made the most, they were making the most, they still are making the most of their life as it is now. And... To, to me those are also the greatest teachers you know it's the way that they choose to use their mind and what they think about and it's it's basically they're always in the mode of hope and finding a way finding a way through till the next day and they have beautiful moments they have celebrations they they sing and they dance and and when they sing and they dance they mean it because these moments of celebration are really, really valuable, really, really important. These, this is what life is for. Life is for those moments of celebration and love and connection. And there's enough of the hardships 
And so making the choice not to let those get the best of me and, and take me and paint my entire life's picture. Uh, because even in the despair, there's an opportunity for connection and love and purpose and joy and hope and not false hope, but simply the hope of tomorrow's another day and tomorrow I'll have an opportunity to, to create, to love, to share, to find a way till the next day the sun will rise. So until it doesn't, and then we get to move on to another dimension, <laughs> you know, so it never ends, man. Let's move on to another dimension. Yeah. Well, I like this dimension. That's yeah, not too bad. This dimension is definitely has a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. It's intense. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest school in the universe, man. I, I it is, isn't it? It it really is. And I think there's a time and a place to go to the easy schools or the the realms of just the god realms, you know, where it's just bliss and get whatever you want whenever you want it and there's no worries and everything's perfect and cool man but those realms would have no meaning without these experiences so i think we come to this school so that we can then go to the godly realms and really go to those realms with appreciation rather than just consuming it but actually knowing its value and how amazing it is because those realms exist here too mm. we can go there with our mind Yeah, I, uh, Alan Watts talk comes up in mind. <laughs> Love Alan Watts. He said, uh, children have this funny idea when they're young is, what happens when I go to sleep and never wake up? And you're in this world of dreams. And he said, okay, well, let's let's expand that a bit further. He said, imagine you can go to sleep now and dream any dream you want to dream. And time doesn't matter. Space doesn't matter. And during those first set of dreams, you, you have every pleasure imaginable. Great parties and banquets and all these wonderful, beautiful things. And as you become more ambitious or you start to explore more, you say, well, how about, how about we have a surprise? How about we have a dream that isn't under control? So we start dreaming. We start adventuring out. So we have dreams of adventures of slaying dragons and rescuing princesses and things that are a bit dangerous, more dangerous. And eventually we decide to dream where we are now. We have no idea what's happening. We don't know the trajectory. We don't feel like we're in control. We've lost all power of the dream. And it's not, it's not a philosophy to or I'm not trying to state this as this is how the world is, but when I reflect on that and reflect on the power of dreams and dreams that I've had that are very powerful, very lucid, man, they some of the lucid dreams I've had have been so real, so real, that I, I woke up and was like, where, what is this place? But to have that idea to play with and remembering, oh yeah, I'm just asleep. I'm just dreaming this. And what I see myself now, the, the mind I have now, is like, well, okay, let's start to play with that idea of the dream. And let's start to play with the idea of, actually, there, are, I have more facets of control, not control, of creation within this 
big, strange world that I live in than I actually know. And if I start believing that I actually can affect change in my life, going back to that story I shared about the financial situation thing and how, boop, uh, appeared money. You know, this bank account that I forgot about that was in the States that I'd set up when I was 15, 14 to save money for college. And it happens. It works. And it goes even deeper into this thing of faith. And, man, I, I don't need to believe in something external. I don't need to believe that everything's going to be perfect again. I just need to believe that no matter what comes in front of me, no matter what I'm facing tomorrow, no matter what door closes or what door opens, either way I have to walk through it. But I know, I have faith in myself that I, I can actually make it through that door. I know I can put one foot in front of the other. I think I spoke about this on another pod, uh, one of our episodes, but there's this amazing author, his name is Brandon Sanderson, and he wrote this incredible series of books, they're not done yet, called The Stormlight Chronicles. And the fourth one comes out November 17th. Brandon Sanderson, if you ever listen to this podcast, we'd like some a cool physical copy of your book, which I can't get here in Peru. But, but uh, in this book, there's this man who lost his memory, or actually he got rid of his memory because he, they were very painful, and he realized he had done something very horrible in his past, and he got rid of it through this, this spirit. And the memory came back. And he had to face again from this new position he was in these memories of the terrible things that he had done in his life to people and the greater kingdoms around him. And he had this powerful vision where this this spirit, this spren, called the honor spren, or honor, which is like their god, one of their gods, said to him, what is the most important step that any man can take? And Brandon Sanderson, or sorry, this character, Dalinar, thought to himself, he's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. And this dark aspect in the book, this evil demon, I'm not going to give too much, but basically comes to him and says, give me all your pain. It's mine. I'm the one who in, it made you do these things. I'm the influence that made you be bad in this world. Give it back to me. I want, I want your pain again. And Dalinar says, no. It's mine. And in this dark, terrible part of this book, it gets very dark and very challenging. And Dalinar realizes the most important step any man can take, human being can take, is the next step. And, man, those words have been echoing through my head these last six months. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a great... That's, a, that's, that's the truth. The next step, the next breath. It's like the, the the hero's journey, you know, that uh, I think we've talked about Joseph Campbell, but Joseph Campbell is amazing. He was amazing. He died in the 80s. Uh, but he dedicated a lot of his study to understanding this tale of the hero's journey, which has been recounted countless times in many different myths from many different cultures and traditions in history and it's basically the hero's journey of of leaving the comfort zone leaving home and facing all of our demons 
And in these tales, it's, you know, it's like Star Wars, for example, is Hero's Journey or uh, many, many movies follow this script to a T. And it's basically the leaving of the comfort zone, going through a challenge, facing all of the demons and the evil and the darkness. And, you know, you can, it's a metaphor for the, the darkness within and facing it and then retrieving the gifts from that journey and eventually returning home and coming full circle. Uh, but it's like we go through this experience countless times in our lives and an essential step in the journey is uh, retrieving the gifts from the struggle it's that's the hero's journey essentially and it makes for amazing stories there's so many great stories and why is it that we we are so drawn and we resonate so much with these stories because i i think it resonates deeply because that's really the story of our life that's really what what it is to be a human being on this planet is uh, we leave home which is essentially being born so coming from a realm coming from a state in the womb of oneness to this dramatic experience, which is essentially our first trauma. It's coming out of the womb into the world and then realizing like there's a point in, in child development where they understand that they're a separate being or they, they learn the program of the illusory nature of separateness. And it's like, I am Al. This is my toy. This is mine. And it's essentially the beginning of suffering is the separation and the journey is a long journey back home, which is death. But along the way, we hopefully cultivate the gifts of the struggle so that we return home and whatever that is, um, having these lessons, these gifts that we've picked up along the way. Lately, I don't know if this has ever happened for you, but, uh, and maybe it's because I was been microdosing psilocybin, but it's not. I'm not. I'm. It's really is a microdose. But, but even before that, sometimes I'm just like walking around, and all of a sudden I just feel like it. It seems like every this whole thing is a construct. It really feels like a dream, and I I kind of separate from myself and my story about what the world is, and I just look around and it's. We're in this incredible dream of creation and it just seems so vividly real how unreal it is and how much of a construct it is and and this construct was designed for my evolution and learning and growth as a spirit that's what it feels like and i intentionally chose to play this video game and we're just it's like if you know i love the metaphor this is a game and our only point is to just figure it out, like like figure out how to overcome the suffering of the mind in this game. And the game presents all these challenges. And, you know, it's a game. It's a, it doesn't mean there aren't consequences and it's, it's a serious, you know, it, it's, it's an important game. We have to take responsibility, but it really is. And to me, winning the game is... Winning the game is enlightenment. It's like coming to a place of realization uh, of the illusory nature of all of my suffering and seeing clearly what, who and what I actually am.
Well, this is deep, man. This is deep. It's real <laughs> Going deep. Going deep. Down the rabbit hole. With Felix and now. Felix and now. We almost called this podcast Rabbit Holes. Rabbit Holes. We did. That was, I think we even spoke about it on episode 001. Yeah. Well, the Hindus, or the Hindis, Hindus? Hindus. Hindus. They speak about Maya or the illusion of life. There's a, a funny little koan. It's like you come around the corner and you see a snake in the grass and you jump and you run away. And then you come back around and you see it's just a hose. And that, that disillusion actually brings you to some form of realization. This is why in Zen Buddhism they had koans. These, these impossible things like knocking on the, the sky. They're puzzles. The world is a, una mysterio. It's a puzzle. And I think, and not as a grand philosoph- philosophical pill to swallow, but as like a very base level thing that comes from healing. Within this path of healing and working with plant medicines and working with these mind-expanding plants, we oftentimes encounter places of ourself that are empty. These holes, these, these places or things or events that we've forgotten, that we've lost. And we recover them. And in that recovery, there's this pain. There's the, the pain of reliving the trauma. There's the, the trauma in itself. There's the memories. There's the physical memories. There's the spiritual memories. And as we come into these reclaiming or these pieces of ourselves, these puzzles, we're, we're refilling. We're getting a grander picture <clears throat> of this world and of this meaning of life. And I love what you said about just walking down the road and being like, whoa, like you get these moments of kind of stepping back from yourself and actually seeing, seeing. And I had a moment like that recently as well where I was, I was looking at a plant and just looking at it. There was no story. It was just staring at it. And I was, the first thing that came up is that's really weird. <laughs> and I kind of started to chuckle. I'm like, that's a very strange thing. I don't know what it is. What is it doing? And it brought me to this this other meditation, which is coming to understand one thing. If you can understand one thing through and through, you can find some level or some open opening into a higher awareness. You stare at a rock, and you really look at the rock. And wow, that rock is five billion years old. And Alan's touching my rock wall. <laughs> It, it's it's old, and that rock has been on this planet and this area for millions, if not billions of years. And all of a sudden, somebody picked it up and they put it in my wall. And it's going to sit there for maybe another hundred years, and then they're going to destroy this house and put something else here. Or there's a fire and it burns all this down, and there the rock sits again. And that rock will be here long after I'm gone. But... I just, I, I realize how small I am and I realize how imperfect I am in in my life and how I, I stumble so often through my everyday being. And it's funny, <clears throat> you know, sharing these deep things of like, man, we had a, I, I had a hard week. I did. I had a hard week of, of dark thoughts and I have, Again, I have these practices and I'm talking about them to a group of people who are listening and, man, they're going to hear I had a hard time and be like, man, you suck. Why would I listen to you? 
Oh, no, I, I, you guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for your mind. nice comment. My, my mind says that. And I, and I kick myself when I fall because I have this idea of what I should be. And I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to be okay with wherever I am at any moment and, and just letting this game play out, this dream play out. Yeah, that's like I was looking at the rocks as you were talking and there's so, there's something amazing that happens when I somehow shift into a gear of like wonder, like looking at the world with wonder, like for the first time, child's eyes, because, you know, I've been around 40 years and it's sometimes easy to just think like, oh, there's nothing new, seen this, been there, done that, same old, same old, but even a rock, like if I could shift into the gear of just wonder at how First of all, how this thing has been here long before me and it'll be here long after me. And like this wonder, this like, yeah, same thing when I look at the plants or I look at like this succulent plant that you have growing here. It's absolutely incredible when, if we really look at it, if, I wish I could just look at the world through new eyes all the time because it's incredible. It's like the movie Avatar, you know? And in the scene when he and he's just going through this forest with the fluorescent plants and just looking at everything, it's just I, I felt that I felt that 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 experience right. And sometimes when I would facilitate ayahuasca retreats, you know, there's like 23 guests in the retreat, and then we have a group sharing after the ceremony the next day. And inevitably, there's people, especially in the first ceremonies, where they don't experience anything and they don't feel like anything happened. They have this expectation that they're going to see fireworks and dragons and shooting stars and it doesn't happen for them. People really attach to like the visual element. Um, and, and they share their disappointment in the group share, like nothing happened. Like, and they just seem really bored and, and disappointed. And, and several times this happened where I, I got a little bit impatient with those when people shared that and that's all on me. But my reflection was like, look around, man. I mean, we're sitting, this is in the jungle, we're sitting in this maloka, this round structure built out of trees, and outside of it is just all these plants and green plants growing everywhere and flowers and hummingbirds and blue fluorescent butterflies. And, like, like this is the greatest psychedelic experience we'll ever have. This surpasses any visions, if I really look at it from new eyes, no psychedelic vision is as vivid and as bright and like tangent tangible as this human experience. It's so psychedelic. It's crazy. It's amazing. Look around you guys. Like this is it. And if we can just be in awe of this, then that ayahuasca experience where I don't have the visions that I was wanting and it's not the fireworks, can in and itself s still become a wondrous, amazing experience with all these sensations in the body and the sounds that people are making and the singing and the ikaros. And, and even if I don't even feel the ikaros when they're singing to me, just the amazing experience of having this, this, this wisdom sitting in front of me, singing these songs that I don't understand, but they're singing to me and it's coming out of their mouth and the vibration and the 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 frequency of the sound and it's going into my ears and 
what the oh my god this is amazing and and the sounds of the crickets and the frogs and the frogs are having a symphony outside it's like this is the ultimate like psychedelic experience what if life is actually like we're all from some other realm and we just ate some mushroom in that realm and we're actually going through the ultimate psychedelic experience where the effects last a hundred years and it's it's just the ultimate because it's so powerful that we forget that we're even in it and it's just like wow and then and then it'll wear off at you know and that's death in this life but death is actually just the this psychedelic experience of life on earth wearing off and then we wake up and we're like holy shit felix that was amazing dude in my vision we did this podcast thing where we were talking into this like device that like it could spread the, the the our voices across this entire planet that we called earth it was amazing and you'd be like yeah dude i had the same vision it was amazing and there were all these like things that we called trees with these leaves and flowers and like oh my god that was so intense dude yeah man. <laughs> and then the meanwhile there's someone that's like yeah nothing really happened you know i just i was like you know i just like lived in a house and like yeah, I had this job where I just like went to work and and then uh we had kids and it was just like I watched TV and you know and it's like but it's all a matter of perspective because you could be like I lived in this like this structure that was made out of like trees it was called wood and we would watch this like screen that just that was like a story playing out but we weren't in the story but we were watching the story it was like on this screen with all these colors and sounds and it was incredible so it's like, uh, can I see life with new eyes? Can I just, and no matter where I go, even if I'm in an airport or in a city, like it's all absolutely amazing. It's crazy. This is the craziest psychedelic experience. And like within the psychedelic experience, we have all these choices of where we can go with it. We can take it to the city. We can take it to the mountains. We can taste these different things and different foods. Like it's it's like a, a lucid dream. We're in a lucid dream where we have free will and we can make choices and try different things and try on different identities and 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 stories about who we are. We can try it all out and we can let it go. We can try something new. And we 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 can make that choice a million times. We can just try something new. You know what? It's not working out for me to be uh like really bored with my life so i'm going to try on i'm going to try on the experience of this is like all new and wondrous and amazing i'm going to try that on i'm going to maybe i'll fake it for till i make it but i'm just going to stare at rocks and trees and stuff when in my free time and just really see it with new eyes and how absolutely amazing it is that's you know I, i'm saying this to myself everybody like i i don't walk around like a little baby like wondrously looking at everything i have moments of it and it's those moments where all the worries and stress and doubts and fears they they fade away because I'm just gripped by the 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 amazing nature of this psychedelic experience called life. The longest mushroom trip known. It's a hundred years long. The longest trip ever. <laughs> That's what it is. It's so long. And all of us human beings on the planet, like in some other realm, we all agreed we're gonna eat these mushrooms together and go through this experience and we're all going to play different roles and try on different costumes and you're going to be the bad guy and you're going to be <laughs> the good guy and you're going to be the president and I'm going to be the accountant and yeah and we'll do all these different roles and then the trip ends and then 
and then we are like, all right, let's do it again, guys. This time I'm going to be the president and you're going to be the accountant. And yeah, cool. I see your world, man. Well, it, it's not. It's I, I intend for it to be my world more and more because when it is, it's, it's just great. But that's the magic of <clears throat> just even the human mind of like, let's try on this fun idea. The idea that I'm dreaming it's an idea. It's not. It's not meant to be anything perfect. We don't know, and that's the best part. Is we don't know. But what I do know is that in this moment, I can have a perspective on my life, and I can really believe that perspective. I really can. I really like what you said about expectation, because that's what I think the core. You hit the nail on the head for me is that's the core of why I get disappointed in myself why I allow myself to beat myself up when I'm in this dark place is my expectation of what my life should look like and you know what shit if my life if I expect my life to be in a better place why don't I make it why don't I actually get out or get off my butt and do something about it and Man, I kick myself when I'm down because I'm not doing something about it. And I have this expectation that, oh God, you know, I've I've I'm not I'm not perfect, but I have an expectation that I should be more aware of myself when I hit these darker places to be better. <clears throat> and and I see this a lot with people who do come down and drink plant medicine. They they write six months later, a year later. Man, I did. I fucked up again. I did the same thing. I came down to heal. It didn't work. Are you sure? So it took you a year to slip. Wow, man, that's that's a big change from somebody who is doing something every single day that was negative or a negative influence in their life. And a year or six months later, three months later, doesn't matter. You slipped. Perfect. Now what? What's the next step? What are you going to do now? And, man, I, I I have to kick myself in the ass. I have to be hard on myself at times. Myself. <laughs> myself at times. Because I get lazy. And I get complacent. And I get arrogant within myself. And I need to change that. I need to start shifting that when I'm in those places of I suck. You know, I went through a, a pretty long period of, like, Somehow I just took on the idea, and it's an idea that's kind of passed around in quote-unquote spiritual circles of, like, you you got to, you know, be kind to yourself. And, and I took that in a way as, like, oh, I just, uh, I just need to be kind to myself, and that means I just need to accept all of my patterns and behaviors that are really not helpful, that don't make me feel good afterwards, you know. And, but, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up over, I'm just going to be kind to myself and, and just accept it and it's okay. And I think that's a, that's a, it's a misunderstanding of what that teaching is for me because being kind to myself to me means doing everything in my power, which it's all in my power to fertilize and ferment my spiritual growth on this planet. That's being kind to myself. It's actually not being kind to myself to allow myself, to allow my ego, to allow my old patterns 
to get the best of me. They will emerge, but in that emergence, there is always a choice. And being kind to myself also means when I fail at that, when I give into unhealthy behaviors and patterns, not beating myself up over it, but taking action, like getting outside, go for a run. Start at zero. Let's start for us. Let's just get out there and run or go to jujitsu, whatever it is. And there are moments when I give in to my sorrow and depression and suffering and I just lay around and I do nothing to help my cause. And being kind to myself is like, okay, self, let's, come on. Like, you're not a victim. If you, if you choose to be a victim, then that sucks because it is a choice. You're not a victim. And as long as I tell myself I'm a victim, I'll keep finding myself in circumstances of being a victim and shit will just keep happening to me and I'll just see it as something that's beyond my power and I'm just a victim. And being kind to myself is stepping out of that and like forgiving myself when I slip, but not using it as an excuse to just keep slipping and taking the easiest path at least in the short term, it's easier to just sit at home and like just eat shitty food and not connect with people and not exercise and avoid life. Like that's, that's, that's easy uh, until it's not until there's no choice, but to change something. But uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of elaborate on that because I think I I know I'm not alone in, in that experience of like, there's, there's a place on, on this path of self-understanding where this idea of forgiveness and being kind to myself comes into play. And, and, and I, I know this has happened for others where they take that as what it means is to just allow myself to just keep repeating these patterns. Cause it's okay. I forgive myself and, uh, no, man, we got to step up to the plate. So sometimes I do need to kick myself in the ass, which is being kind to myself. It's just like getting through the mud, you know? I'm not just going to sit in the mud pit. I'm going to pull myself out. I'm going to crawl out of that mud pit. This is why I like spiritual people that get drunk sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Or that swear, that watch stupid movies. Yeah, (laughs) that listen to crazy music. I, I think of Bill Hicks. I really enjoy the comedian. I mean, he's passed now, but I really enjoyed uh, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks was such a real person, and he just he just lived his life. He lived his life. I mean, he talks about uh, Neil Brenner and like what it's like to like they both die. They're all dead. Bill Hicks is dead. Neil Brenner's dead, and. Uh, Somebody else, I can't remember who it was. But uh, they talk about, like, they're in heaven, and they're talking about their lives, and they're like, oh, what'd you do with your life? And he's like, well, you know, I, like, I did drugs, I had great relationships with all these women, I lived my life to the fullest, and I did all these different things, and uh, what'd you do? Well, you know, I I ate tofu, and I ran every day, and uh, lived a really clean life. (laughs) Yeah, great, all right, so, yeah, remember that one time we were at that one party, and we did all this... (laughs) <laughs> and not I'm not recommending people go out and do drugs and go crazy and do all this stuff. Don't don't do that. But this this big piece for me that's been coming up recently is this aversion. Like the what is what is the spiritual path? What is a spiritual path? And one of my favorite 
stories is uh, the Buddha, Confucius, and Lao Tzu are sitting at a table. And someone brings them a glass of beer. And the Buddha closes his eyes and says, any form of desire is suffering. Confucius closes his eyes halfway and says, I will observe the desire, but I will not partake. And Lao Tzu takes all three glasses, drinks them all, and starts dancing and enjoying his life. And whatever meaning you draw from that story, it doesn't really matter. I just, I use it as a tool of reflection for when I start feeling like I should be like this because I walk a spiritual path. So I think, I don't know, I call it that (laughs) at times. And I just, I'm fooling myself by trying to be something and I'm not, I'm not that something. And that there's so much freedom in that of like being real and honest in my life. And that includes like, man, I really love old school hip hop. I really, really do. I really enjoy that kind of music. And some of it's dark and some of it's, you know, people getting shot and drugs and all this crazy stuff. But at the same time, there's something real in it. And I think what I'm learning to desire the most in this world is something real and authentic even if it's not the perfect thing. And that, that, that came to me when I started working with the Shipibo is seeing like, oh man, like I first came and I sat in front of them and like, wow, you are elevated. You are on a different level. You are an all-knowing maestro. Wow. You must know incredible things and you must live the perfect life. I must watch you and see how you live your life. I must learn from every nuance you do. And as I watch them, I love them to death. I love the Shabibo to death. I love the Maestros. As I watch them, I realize they are very human. They are very human. Some of them are drunks. Some of them have multiple women in different cities. They're human. They're real, and they live their life how they want to. I'm not saying they live their life with addiction as they want. It ravages their their villages. But they still have the ability to come into ceremony and help somebody, and that's incredible. And it's like, I want for myself to touch all these aspects, whether they're dark or light. I'm not going to go mess around with black magic. I'm not saying that. But... I want to touch all these aspects in my mind, these places that are uncomfortable, these places that are real, they're, that are dirty. They're, I want to get in the mud every now and again and see what it is. I think that's why in, in initiations we have these immense moments of terrifying fear that just cripples us, that puts us in a place of just we can't even move. We have to go to these places so that when we see somebody who actually lives their life in that way, be like, hey man, it's all right. I was there once. I know what that place looks like. There's a way. There's a way around it. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I I think the realest people in my life who've lived real lives have taught me the most. Like I remember this one mechanic. Man, he smoked these unfiltered cigarettes, and my dad was like, oh, you know, he's he's he's, he's not. 
straight. You know, he does some shady things every now and again. But man, he was just very honest to me when everyone else was trying to tell me I should live in this way and be just the light and always forgive and always be happy and all da 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 da. And to finally have someone who was like, man, if you go out there, you got to look out for these kind of people because they'll, they'll do this kind of stuff to you. You know, you got to watch out for man. But, but if you want to make a couple extra bucks, you know, you go over to this guy. <laughs> and just to have somebody be honest with me was just, it was so refreshing. Instead of somebody trying to be something. And I, and I found that a lot in organized religion. And I, not as a blanket statement, but some of the people I met who would say, you know, I'd see them stand in front of the church and they'd preach. And I want to just tell you that Jesus personally touched my life. And then behind the walls, they're doing horrible things. Man, just be real. Yeah, totally, man. You know, it's funny with you talked about the Shipibo and your teachers. You, know, I, you might have experienced this too, but like when working at the retreat center in the jungle, you know, a lot of, you get a lot of like, you know, seekers, spiritual seekers and people that are coming and they're looking for the embodiment of the what they can consider the perfectly spiritual human being and they come with this idea that these basically their stories that these shipibo indigenous healers are like these innocent perfect human beings they're they're just covered perfect. perfect covered in the light of god and everything they do is perfect and then they go into ceremony and you know all their expectations are met because they do this amazing work in ceremony and and they really, really help them. And then they just kind of look at these Shipibo healers with like googly eyes. like, And they they just put them on a pedestal. And a few things happen with that. Firstly is that inevitably if the person sticks around enough and they get to know these people, they realize that they're human beings and they're, they have flaws like all of us. And those who put all their hope into that person and those people, and then they realize their flaws, they're just... They just get so disappointed and despaired about humanity, and that humanity is just terrible. And look at even these people. Look at them, and they're using cell phones, and they drink alcohol, and blah. and then the other thing that happens is is a trap for the person on the receiving end of that. You know, you see these spiritual teachers that have big followings, and everybody looks at them with googly eyes, and you know, and they they absorb their teachings, which are often really profound. But then there's a scandal that comes out, you know, a sex scandal or, you know, some kind of scandal revolt around that teacher. And it just shatters their entire reality because they put all their marbles into this, all their eggs into this one basket of this one person. That this is the one. This is the perfect one. And, you know, I, I, I went through this trap on my own path, this trap of like some of us are spiritual. Some of us are you know, on this path and those who aren't, we're superior to them. It's a really subtle story, but it's very, very, it's, it's very easy to get into that. And, and what that does is just plant seeds of judgment. And basically there's people that go around and they live their, you know, perfect vegan lifestyle and no hate to the vegans. Uh, most vegans are amazing, but you know, just like the perfect spiritual lifestyle but meanwhile what's going on in their mind is constant judgment of those who don't they feel don't meet what their vision of what it is to be spiritual is and so they're in this trap and judgment is like the biggest trap and it's and judgment is is that's that's completely as far as i'm concerned that is not the point of any of this that's that's like if we're trying to realize our the fact that we're not separate 
and we're going around judging people that they're not as good as us. It's, it's the biggest trap. And I don't know anything and I'm on my own path and I can't judge anybody. I do sometimes I fall into it, but everybody's on their path. It doesn't look like mine, but sometimes, you know, I look at people who live their life without a care in the world and they're not trying to be spiritual. They're, you know, just, just like Lao Tzu, just drinking all the drinks and living life and just having fun. No, not a care in the world. And they're much, they seem to be having a pretty good time and they're really embracing life for what it's offering them. And they might not even think about it like I do. And meanwhile, I'd be sitting there like, I'm trying to meditate. I'm like eating, you know, raw food and meditating and, and doing all these practices. And, and there's a part of me that's like, but that guy, he just looks he's so happy, you know? So what do I know? This is just, I'm just trying to find what works for me and, but everybody's on their path, and I believe we're everybody's on a path, whether we acknowledge it or not. But we're on a journey of learning. I truly believe it, and everybody's on their specific journey for a specific reason because everything in every lifetime they've been through led them to this lifetime. And you know, I maybe I've been through the lifetime of being a belligerent, drunk asshole, and other people were judging me because I wasn't spiritual. I don't know. So everybody's spiritual in my eyes you know when i'm when i'm centered and i see things with perspective and and i'm no more spiritual and no no higher than anybody else because that's a that's a that's a big trap you ever meet those people like i think about like for some reason like this the new age spiritual circles of the 70s and there's just like this spiritual snobbery kind of going around this superiority thing and i you know and me judging that is falling into the trap too so I just thought that yeah. not not for you. I was doing it yeah. to myself. I was yeah. like, oh God, why am I doing that? I was like yeah. nodding and exactly. like that. I'm like, oh yeah. Duh. It's such a, the judgment is such an easy trap and uh it's what we do. And uh I just try to remind myself that uh everybody's on a path that's just as valid as mine and that's that. <laughs> judgment, man. But it's such a double edged sword too, because it's like this this comparison thing mm-hmm. of like, man, man, it looks like this person's so far ahead. Like with the, the gurus or the yeah. teachers or whatever. It's like, Oh, they're so far. They're ahead. so advanced. They're so advanced. Man, I don't, I'm, are they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And, and what does that do for me? Do I sit there and like hate myself for, for not being them? Man, I have a pretty personal story actually on that. I, uh, I brought Safa out to come out and diet with us, and I'd been dieting for a certain, uh, a good period of time before she started dieting. And she came out on the first diet I brought her out there into the jungle, and she just had this incredible experience. And she connected with the plants, and she had all these amazing signs of, wow, it was incredible. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, what the fuck? I suck. I am a terrible person. I should not do this. If she can do this on her first one, or, you know, she'd done one before or a couple before, and if she can do this in her third one, get this level, what the, you know? And I just, I, I don't like, judgment energy is just so gross. And in ceremony, we see this bumang, this, like, negative mind. It's very sticky and heavy, and, man, it's it's a it's a powerful, painful tool. But, um... I, uh, 
yeah, I, I just stopped and I, I started to love the fact that she was excelling so powerfully and just loving her success. And, and I, man, that was, it was a moment of seeing what the potential is of not judging someone, of actually just fully appreciating and loving where they are. And man, you can see a absolutely drunk person, homeless on the side of the street, man, maybe they're enlightened. They know, they know they're God. How, how, who am I to even begin to assume what their spiritual status is? And And why does that matter? And your experience in that diet, like, Without that happening, you wouldn't have had the amazing teaching of seeing your judgmental mind. And if someone, I'm not speaking for your partner and her experience, but you know, sometimes people come and I've seen it in retreats and they just go straight to the stars and they have the, the, the stereotypical amazing experience and great, that's amazing for them. And then, you know, I look around the room and, and people, you know, the person's sharing about their amazing experience and I can see and I hear myself like, oh, I didn't do that. What's wrong with me? You know? But meanwhile, I got to have a really bland experience where nothing happened and I got to really get comfortable with myself with nothing happening. And I got to learn how to see the the magic and the beauty in the everyday moments of experience. And so this comparison, it's just, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't work because uh, if someone goes through life having only the perfect experience, then they never get the lesson of like, of what it's like to judge oneself. Or maybe that lesson comes eventually and they're not equipped for it because everything was perfect up until that point. And now all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I feel inferior to someone else or I'm not having the experience I feel like I'm supposed to have and what's wrong with me. And, and all of a sudden they're confronted with, with this, this, this difficult material that some of us have gotten to face, had the blessing to be able to face it every day of our lives, you know, and, and, and learn from it. So we can't compare, you know, that's such a, that's such a thing with, yeah, ayahuasca retreats and, uh, b- people comparing their experiences, you know, and, and thinking that somehow there's some people are superior because they have the experience someone else wanted. Well, I tell people, you got exactly the experience that you need right now and it's perfect and it's designed for you. Oh, but I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me I got what I needed. I didn't come here for what I needed. <laughs> I want, I came here for what I wanted. <laughs> My funny little reminder when I, Get on my high horse. <laughs> Start <laughs> thinking I'm good at something, or I don't, especially jujitsu. Jujitsu yeah. is such a humbler, man. A great one. Man. Oh my god! Somebody's always better than you. Oh, always. There's always a bigger fish, yeah. and even when there's that big fish, there's another bigger fish. And even when you're the biggest fish, you get old, and then the younger fish eat you. <laughs> <laughs> but my my favorite thing to do is when I get big in my britches. Is I remember we're all standing on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. No, you're, are we floating? Am I flying? You know, am I am I six feet above the ground, like looking down? No, man, I'm standing on the same piece of earth that you are standing on. I will go into that bathroom and do the same disgusting habits, <laughs> disgusting habits, disgusting nature of this body. So whatever. As everyone else. So why? Who? You know, I'm gonna sit on that toilet just like the the next person. You think your shit don't stink, man? Baby, you think that your shit don't stink. <laughs> Roses do we smell like ooh, ooh, ooh. But I, I just, because I do, I do get big in my britches. And 
this is why like taking up a martial art where you're a student to someone and there's a bunch of other students and you learn at a certain pace that you can only learn at is so helpful. It's so helpful to me. I, you know, I go in there and I'm, I think I'm a four-stripe white belt, whatever the hell that means. You're a blue belt, man. No, I'm still a four-stripe white belt. Shit. But, but even thinking I'm a four-stripe white belt, like what does that even mean? What does it mean? And who do I think I am with that belt on? Like, man, honestly, I don't know. It, it just, I've had many moments of people putting me in arm locks and choking me because my, my britches were too big. And I appreciate Humility that. is the best teacher. It's, it's like the stoic philosophers of Rome. You know, these were like the wisest of wise people. You know, people would come to them for counsel and they, they, they had an amazing philosophy about life and what it is and how to live it. And th- these amazing stoic philosophers, they would intentionally put themselves in humiliating positions to bring themselves to get out of those britches, to, to, to intentionally face the lesson of humility. So what would they do is these amazing, wise, revered philosophers, they would take all their clothes off and they would go walk naked through the town square and act like a fool. And everyone would laugh at them and throw things at them and, and, and just ridicule them. And they did it intentionally to humble themselves. Humility is the best teacher. And that's, again, that same with jujitsu for me. It's, uh, I, at first it was hard to embrace and, you know, the same thoughts. I'm not good at this, you know, but now, man, I, I, I sincerely, and I mean it, I love when I spar and I get my ass kicked. There's a moment of frustration, but ultimately I leave with a real sense of peace because it's like, oh, there's no pressure. I'm not superior. I'm a lot of people can kick my ass. Like the pressure is gone. I don't have to pretend to be anything. The mask falls. Humility rips off our masks of who we think we are and all the judgments and that we're superior. And it brings us back down to earth. And it's great because then the, all the pressure is gone. It's just like, I'm just an ordinary fool, you know, like it's, it's really good. And I can see why these stoic philosophers would do that because people would come to them all day, revere them, look at them with those big, big googly eyes and, and they would probably see their ego start to grow and it's, and they and they would start to put pressure on themselves that they have to perform as this perfect philosopher and advise all the people and there's no better way to take that pressure off than to go make a fool of yourself to go out in the streets naked and or you know there's many ways to do this you know another great way to do it is to try something new and fail at it you know so like jujitsu or you know i have this this long standing dream of doing like like stand-up comedy just trying it out like trying to get in front of people and just and and the best comedians they talk about all the times they bomb and they still bomb and how those that's such a blood it's a really important experience because the more you bomb the less pressure there is when you go up there because if you bomb it's like ah, i've been through this it's like yeah i suck and actually that makes for much better humor because you actually have a really like down to earth the best comedians are just down to earth humble like their comedy is just so real and they just really don't care because they've they've been forged in the fire of humiliation and bombing and people booing them off the stage those are the best ones it's like yeah you got to go through that because otherwise you just fit you're just a faker you're just wearing a mask of perfection and people start to see right through that shit and and it sucks and you have all this pressure that you got to be somebody you got to be something special you know but but to to some degree i think we're fed through societal pressures nurture versus nature i don't know this idea of being something like go out there and be somebody 
It's, it's this, this, these weird sayings that are kind of in our mind, these weird programs. And it's like, man, why, why do I got to be somebody? Mm-hmm. Why? God, man, fuck it. Yeah, and, and we're programmed to view failure as something bad. It, like the mantra should be go out there and fail like fail like go out there and just do it and suck at it and fail until you don't go bomb yeah go bomb like don't no, don't bomb things but go out there and do terrible <laughs> yeah i think a really terrible i mean terrible uh, uh, like a style of parenting that's emerged i think in our generation is just like you know you give a medal to all the kids oh. and 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 that's nice but it's like this fear of the kid having to experience disappointment and failure. And you just, so parents shield their kids from that. And then their kids go out. I've seen these kids. I've been that kid go out into the real world and face humiliation and defeat. And it's crushing because they've had no practice. Like the kid that grows up encouraged to try things. And the kid who's taught that failure is the best teacher and it's awesome. Good job. You, You went out there and you did it and you failed. That's awesome. So what can you do differently next time? yeah go try that like like fail i i wish i not that i I don't have i can't regret my life but you know it it would it would have been cool to to have that teaching growing up and i don't think most of us were exposed to it you know uh there aren't a lot of parents out there encouraging their kids to to fail because because they love their children they don't want to see their children cry you know but again, it's like those lessons that, that suffering and humility is is a really great teacher. And if the kid fails and cries, but he's told or she's told that that's great. You went out there and you tried it like that changes the program that, that programs the child to be willing to try things and fail at things. And in their life, they're going to go out there and and put themselves in really interesting situations and they're going to try new things and they're going to innovate and they're going to create because that fear of failure is not a fear. It's an embracing of it. And all the best inventors and, you know, people, you know, inventors and teachers and CEOs and stuff, they talk about this and how important it was for them to fail. And, and same with this podcast. We've talked about this. It's like we, I was watching a a video on YouTube of like someone talking about how to have a successful YouTube channel, you know, and his first piece of advice, which I think is brilliant is just do it and suck at it. Like you have to start. Because so many of us, including myself, have just not tried something new because I had an expectation that all the people who are good at it were just naturally good at it. No, they just, they went through the fire. They they failed. So, is it still burning? Through the fire. The symbol of the day. Oh, yeah, it's wow. Still, it's Look still at that. burning. It's coming down the mountain now. Yeah. <clears throat> and shoot, you know, man. Shoot. I'm sure people listen to this and are like, man, you guys suck. Cool. We're We're trying to do better. I don't think those people are listening. Oh, well. They may listen. I have, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But again, I'm not even to be averted to that. Like, okay, you know, that's why we ask you, the listeners, like, what what can we do to be better for you and for ourselves? And what are we missing? And that leads us into, maybe we can talk about what we have in the works. In the works. Oh, In terms yes. of uh, some additional offerings and how we're expanding because we're growing and we're learning as we go and we want to keep trying new things. I think that's really important in, in every endeavor is to never get comfortable. Like, I don't want this podcast to just stay exactly like this. You know, let's, let's keep like the nature of the universe 
of our place in it, I believe, is creation. And so, how, so Felix, what are we creating? Well, as many of our current listeners know right now, we have uh, our Facebook page, our group page, which is fun and it's free, and we're always going to post fun, great stuff on there and links to the videos that we've shared. We have our Instagram, which we'll also see, like, kind of behind the scenes, what it looks like here, pictures of our surroundings, uh, little clips and videos, maybe some little tips and tricks. Memes. Memes. We like memes. Memes. And we currently have a locals page that has just blossomed. Locals is a platform similar to uh, Patreon. Patreon. Uh, So it's a platform for creators to share their work with their audience and if the audience so chooses they can support the creator financially uh, with like a small donation monthly donation and essentially what what we offer in return and what we're developing is additional content uh, for listeners so like podcasts and episodes that at this stage, and it's still developing, that the aim is to provide a more practice-oriented podcast where, where you know, in, in these podcasts, we have amazing conversations, and sometimes we touch on different practices or, or uh, strat- techniques, strategies, just ways, things that have helped us in our life. And so we're going to dedicate these additional episodes to our uh, locals community uh, to that, to really getting into uh, some of the more practical side of our experience and things that we found helpful and to share that with you. Uh, and, you know, uh, and even without that, this is just a space if you want to support us. Like, we would, we want to keep expanding and growing this, and we don't know where it's going. Uh, and in order to do that, like, my dream is for this to be like, podcast and what we create to be the, like the the main focus of my life or the the other focus that is just as important to my life as like offering plant medicine and so you know s- supporting financially is what would allow this to happen so we by the next episode i'm pretty certain we will have that launched and we'll by by the release of this episode by the release of this episode yeah, yeah that's right uh, so in the intro of this episode, hopefully I will have shared about that. Uh, and yeah, we'll share all the details, but that'll be our locals page. And it's essentially a, a curated space in, for our community uh, to really connect with us. Because it's easy to get lost in the sea of Facebook and social media, and we are using those avenues. Uh, but with locals, it's like you come into our space on locals and it's really just really focused and everything is there, everything that we share, plus these additional practices. Like we, we both really believe in, in the power of like community. And so to have this community that forms around this podcast, it's like it, it, it gets more powerful the more people are involved. Like we, we truly, it's like a sangha. So sangha is our, you know, spiritual practice community. But to share this journey together and to realize, like, I'm in this locals community of this podcast and look, there's like, you know, 500 other people and we're all sharing things from a like-minded space and we're going through this journey together. We're actually experiencing life together. And the advantage of doing this on a curated space like locals is because it's a 
paid subscription or you can do one-time donation and it 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 filters out like in social media spaces you're going to get a lot of haters and people being negative or just kind of excess noise excess noise just talking because they can and maybe distracting or pulling away from the main intention of what is being shared and so by joining our community now locals and contributing to it it's like you have skin in the game you really are a part of this community and everyone who's in it is in it because they truly feel connected to it otherwise they wouldn't they wouldn't send a few dollars a month for it i mean there might be a few people out there that want to send a few dollars a month and just talk shit but we'll kick them out so (laughs) it's our community and 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 even through that too like there is there will be free content on there that's available to everyone these podcasts will still be free these will always be free yeah um yeah it's just another avenue to go a bit more in depth into some of the things we've talked about uh and to just hear from you in a more intimate way uh and to really see what the community looks like um yeah yeah so it's it's a chance to really personally connect with all of us and so we look forward to it we hope you join us there and we'll share more details uh well we've already shared more details in the intro by the time this is released wow we just transcended time we're in the future in the future wow well Thanks, everybody, wherever you are in your time, space, uh, dimension. <laughs> this could be 100 years from now. Maybe you're listening, and this is like a time capsule, and you're listening to this podcast you found in the cloud from 2020, and, and it's like, wow, that's what it was like back then. Wow. That's a fun idea. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, we really appreciate all of you listeners, and thank you again for all the amazing comments that we get, all the great ratings. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. And we still love hearing from you, so if you ever feel like you want to reach out to us and ask some questions or throw some content in there, we are very open to hearing from you. Totally. We're, we're, we're opening the space for you to actually have a say in guiding our conversations. So if there's something you want to hear more about, uh, something, you know, sometimes maybe we talk about something and your mind's like, oh, I want to hear more about that. Like, can you share more about that? Please let us know through our Facebook group, Beyond Words with Felix and Al. Or, or through email, more privately, you can email us at Felix and Al at protonmail.com. All right, so we wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys and gals. <laughs> and gals. Everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, mates. Thanks, Sheila's. All right. No worries, mate. It's all right. Yeah, right. Episode 15. 15 is finished. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah, right. All right. Adelaide, Australia. Cheers. Cheers.